Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Welcome to episode 173 of the Sports Yak. My name's Corey. That's Chuck over there. Hi, Chuck. Hi, Corey. You mean this is the Mark Grace episode? Mark Grace. You remember him with the Cubs, right? Good yes. old number 17. I do. I first covered Mark Grace in spring training his rookie year. I think he was wearing something like 83 or something like that, uh, which is not unusual for a rookie in spring training, especially one that had not been on the 40-man. But you could just tell that there was something different about this guy. And so we interviewed him, great guy, ran into some problems with alcohol um, later when he became a broadcaster. Actually, he had the problems with alcohol while he was playing with the Cubs. Uh, spent a lot of time at Murphy's Bleachers across the street from Wrigley, apparently. But uh, great hitter and uh, one of the best hitters of the 1990s in the National League. Good old Mark Grace, good old number 17 from the Cubs. What do you think he's doing now? Um, I think he is. Uh, he's still in Phoenix, Arizona, and I think he's doing some stuff um, with the Diamondbacks organization. Okay. All right. Well, we've got the Sports Yak playlist in front of us. We're going to start working our way down the local headlines, the big headlines, and we'll start right at the top. People in South Bend especially talking about this one. Chip Long, bye-bye. The offensive coordinator of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, it stunningly was revealed Wednesday, will not be back with the team. In fact, will not even coach in the bowl game with Notre Dame. Everything we're hearing is that it was a mutual parting of the ways between Chip Lawn and Brian Kelly. I think there was always friction with Chip Lawn on the Notre Dame staff. Uh, he is a Southerner, and coming up into this climate at this kind of university, I think he had difficulties fitting in. Hmm. That said, heck of a recruiter, very good offensive mind, um, put together a variety of attacks while he was here. When he had Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey on that offensive line, he pounded the ball like he was Lou Holtz. And then he didn't have that kind of offensive line to work with the last couple of years, so he changed the offense up somewhat, made it more of a passing attack, and basically allowed Ian Book to flourish this year and put together the best scoring output of any offense of the Kelly era. But I think Chip wanted to take the offense in different directions than Brian was comfortable with. Uh, they came to loggerheads. 
Brian's the head coach. He's not going anywhere, so it's Chip who will leave. And Chip will wind up on his feet. He could wind up being the offensive coordinator at Florida State, where his buddy Mike Norvell just took the job. He could wind up being the guy that replaces Mike Norvell as the head coach at Memphis. We'll How see. long was he here? He was here three years. Three years. Did a great job recruiting. Uh, a lot of the guys coming in next year, guys like Tyree and Brunel, um, much of that is attributed to Chip Long both as a recruiter and as a play caller. Uh, I know you're heavily connected, but we're also early into the story. Are you hearing any names? Well, the guy that seems to be the one who will call the plays for the bowl game is not Brian Kelly, but it's Tommy Reese. And there is some sentiment, both heavily pro and heavily con, towards Tommy Reese becoming the new offensive coordinator for Brian Kelly's offense. If you want to look at the pros of it, there is nobody who is more well-versed in the Brian Kelly offense over the last decade than Tom Reese. I mean, he was a quarterback in it for four years. He's been a quarterback's coach in it now for a couple of years. He interviewed for the offensive coordinator job at Northwestern. There's there's a lot of pluses there for the 27-year-old. The cons, he's never been an offensive coordinator before, and he's 27 years old. Do you want to hand the keys of the car uh, over to a 27-year-old when a lot of people think that in 2020, Notre Dame is perhaps poised to make a playoff push? Then again, this might be just what they need. You never know. You never That's know. the thing. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. Whoever you hire, whoever you bring in, you really don't know if they're the answer or not. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the right fit. Yeah. Nothing worse than trying to put a square piece in a circular uh, hole. We'll have to see what happens. Let's move on to uh, this Jimtown coach. Well, Mike Campbell uh, announced his resignation on Monday, or his resignation was announced, let's put it that way. Mike had been at Jimtown for 12 years, took them to semi-states his first two years, but ever since Jimtown made or joined the NIC uh, in 2015, it's been a struggle for Jimtown. They have finished at 500 or above every year, which keeps together a streak of 40 consecutive years of doing that. However, there were no more sectional titles. There was no conference title since he joined the NIC. His son, Clay, was the quarterback and the safety this year on the team. He's graduating, so Mike has decided to hang it up. And uh, there's a lot of speculation around the Jimtown job, which at one time was a very lucrative job. I'm not sure as it's as lucrative today. Hmm. Um, but a lot of the buzz goes around the coach that's at Angola right now, a guy by the name of Andy Thomas. Andy Thomas is a great friend of Bill Sharp, who is a legend in Jimtown annals and was the predecessor of Mike Campbell in the Jimtown job. And Bill Sharp loves Andy Thomas. I think there are some who will tell you that Andy Thomas was Bill Sharp's handpicked successor at Jimtown. And Andy didn't want to follow a legend, so he wanted a buffer in between. Well, Mike Campbell wound up staying for 12 years. Hmm. Now, Andy Thomas has parents who live in Mishawaka. They're older. It would kind of make sense if he wanted to come back to the area and take care of them. 
that he take the job at Jimtown. But we'll see. Isn't it great to have a job that we can wake up to and come to after all these years? Oh, yeah. Just hearing about job loss, especially as we get older, it's just like, oh, boy. Now, the difference in an extracurricular job loss is this is not Mike Campbell's only job. He's a teacher at Jimtown High School and will remain a teacher at Jimtown High School. Okay. So just no more coaching, just no more coaching. Okay. So that would be like, you know, let's say that I was doing the harvest show and that was taken away. I still have a job. Interesting metaphor. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. I read an article this morning. Chris Sims says that the Chicago bears are extremely dangerous in week 15. Well, I think they are. I, I think they're a team that's capable of running the table here at the end of the season. They're also a team that's capable of finishing 7-9. and nine. So we'll see what Bears team shows up when Chicago takes on Green Bay Sunday. Oh, I'd like to see that win. Well, any Bears fan <laughs> would. I mean, if there's, if there's any team that the Bears want to beat on their schedule, it's Green Bay. And it's been that way since the 1920s. And when you work with someone who's a Green Bay fan, it's even worse because they're flamboyant about it. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a Sunday at 1 o'clock, I believe? Yes, that is yeah. a 1 o'clock start. All right. And the Bears obviously need a win if they're going to stay in playoff contention, which their playoff contention, I think, is mathematical but not realistic. Okay. About a 2% chance to make the playoffs. 2%? <sighs> Does that mean I can pack away my... Bears uh, apparel maybe on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> well, if you did that, would that make you a Packer? Good one. So, you're uh, getting ready for tonight. We'll talk about that here in a second. Big Ten basketball this weekend. Well, the Big Ten, the interesting thing about this conference so far, Corey, is that no team has been able to win a road game yet. You talk about home court advantage. It has been evident in Big Ten Conference games. Hmm. So it really uh, has made a jumble somewhat of the Big Ten race. What are we, 10 games in? No, 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 no. In in the conference race, there have been 10 games played overall when you take all the teams. Oh, conference play but, was just but, last week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. So we're only one, one or two games into the Big Ten race. Okay. However, it, it bears mentioning that None of the road teams have won. So Indiana has the benefit of being at the Assembly Hall in Bloomington tonight to take on Nebraska. It's an 8 o'clock tip-off on 103.1 FM. And certainly you look at the numbers and you look at the better defense that Archie Miller's team is playing right now, you would have to say Indiana is the favorite in that game and should be able to even up in the Big Ten. The big question is on Sunday afternoon when Purdue turns around, and goes out to play Nebraska in Lincoln. Now, there's no question in my mind, Purdue is a better basketball team than Nebraska. But can they overcome playing on the road late Sunday afternoon? You're in Lincoln, for crying out loud. Can they overcome all that to come away with a Big Ten road win? We will find out. I don't hear Nebraska a lot. Are they anything? They've not been a factor I don't know that they've ever made the NCAA tournament. More of a football school? Oh, yeah. It, that's that's a long-time football school. But they haven't been uh, a 
competitive national championship contender in football since the 1990s. There's a whole generation that has grown up not thinking of Nebraska as mm-hmm. maybe early 2000s. They had Eric Church. Um, they had some teams then, but nothing really since the middle of the 2000 decade. Let's switch gears to Notre Dame basketball. Boy, Mike Bray's team, they are an enigma wrapped in a riddle shrouded by mystery. Um, they are they're a tough bunch to figure out. Last weekend, they lose to Boston College. And you cannot lose to Boston College at home in ACC play. I think we went over this on Monday. It, that just can't happen. They turn around and they bury Detroit Mercy on Tuesday night. Looked really good doing it. And now here comes the traditional rivalry. UCLA comes to Purcell Pavilion on Saturday afternoon. Tickets are available. However, if you decide to watch the broadcast at home, Dave Pash on the play-by-play, flanked by Bill Walton and Digger Phelps. Wow. (laughs) I hope Dave can get a word in edgewise. Wow. So it should be interesting. As far as the UCLA team is concerned, they've got a new coach this year in Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin and Mike Bray are really good friends. Mick Cronin used to be the coach at the University of Cincinnati. If anybody is familiar with the style of play that the University of Cincinnati had, which was physical bordering on thuggery, that's what he has brought to UCLA. So it is going to be an absolute war in the paint. Look for John Mooney to be covered with bruises and scratches uh, by the time this one ends on Saturday afternoon. How big of a rivalry was that back in the day? Huge. I mean, that was college basketball's big rivalry back in the 70s and I would say early 80s. Digger, to his credit, uh, made a career beating UCLA. He not only ended the streak in 1974, the 88-game win streak of the Bruins and that memorable 71-70 victory at the ACC, but then managed to win four straight at Pauley Pavilion back in the 70s when UCLA was still a really good team. And there aren't too many coaches, even today, that they can that can say they've won four straight at Pauley. Hmm. The women playing this weekend? The women are off until December 21st. Wow. Uh, they will play Guelph in an exhibition on December 21st, a team from Canada. It's a team that Notre Dame wanted to play in an exhibition for the Natalie Achunwa raising of the banner because she's from Canada, but she was going overseas, and so they had to move Achunwa's Ring of Honor ceremony up to the beginning of the year. This is that game. This is that game. Can you say the rivalry? What is it? Guelph. 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 Okay. Now, Notre Dame, the women are now 5-7 and on the year. They played DePaul Wednesday night. The good news is they had their best offensive output of the year, 94 points. Sam Brunel, question mark going in because of her knees. She tells Muffet I can go. She scores 31. She was fine. Anaya Peoples was fine. Marta Snezek had 13 assists. But the Irish commit 27 turnovers. And DePaul goes 16 of 29 from three-point range. You might say, wow, what a fluke. Except... 
We learn on the post-game show with Bob Nagel and Karen Keyes when Michaela Mabry comes over to talk to them that, well, the two keys to the game that the Irish coaches emphasized to the players were taking care of the ball and defending the three-point shot. So something's not getting communicated. What we have here is a failure to communicate. When was the last time this team was 5-7? and seven? Oh. Has there been talk of that? Uh, I thought about looking it up the other day. You'd probably have to go back to maybe Muffet's first year. Wow. If then. Uh, it's It's been a long time. And at least they were entertaining to watch Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 105-94 game. Sign me up. I, I like watching those. I like watching high school basketball, and we have the chance to do that tonight. We had a good game Tuesday night. Did you uh, Have you seen any of it on your DVR or on the YouTube machine? I watched on the YouTube. The Book of Faces? Mm-hmm. I watch on the YouTube. I appreciate that channel, and uh, it's great to see that you're on there now. And on the YouTube, we had Riley and St. Joe the other night. St. Joe winning 70-59, to 59, a, a lot of, or 70-57, a lot of local interest because J.R. Kinesny of St. Joe Headed to Notre Dame in a couple of years. Irish are recruiting Blake Wesley, but so is IU, Butler, a bunch of other schools. Were they there? Um, I did, No, Notre Dame was playing that same night, so okay. Notre Dame was not there. Any of these other people? Texas had a representative there. Interesting. Yes. So, uh, all that said, I thought J.R. Kinesny looked as I would expect him to look. Uh, a little stronger, has been in the weight room a little bit. 28 points. And he's got a better supporting cast around him than Wesley. Uh, that said, Blake Wesley, after scoring uh, 12 points in the first half, only had two breakaway dunks and a couple of free throws at cocktail time uh, to come up with 18 and was kind of a non-factor in the second half. So I wasn't as sold on him, but he doesn't have the players around him that Kinesny has. Okay. So that makes his task a little more difficult. That said, there's more high school basketball tonight. Adams, undefeated. They're 3-0 for the first time in seven seasons, playing the best defense they've had in over a decade. And Chad Johnston's team ready to rock Hadaway Shack, but here comes a young and talented Marion basketball squad in. Marion only 1-1. One one. Yes, we know. They lost Jaden Ivey. He went to LaPorte Lalamere. They still have Jerry Bracey. They still have Kaleo Kakalia, and they've got a a freshman by the name of Daglin Sullivan who is worth watching as well. So this should be an entertaining watch tonight on TV 46. I went to both practices this week, talked to the two coaches, and asked Chad Johnston and Rob Berger. We'll start with Rob. What are the keys to the game? We've got to make sure we take care of the basketball on the offensive end, get a good shot every time. We got to get back on defense, contain the dribble, and we've got to keep them off the glass. Maintaining our defensive intensity uh, uh, throughout the game. Uh, we've done that uh, in, in pockets, and the other times we have not. I mean, we do it in, in the pockets, and we do it. It's fun to watch. Uh, I also think rebound is going to be key. They have some longer, longer guys. I think rebounding is going to be a big key for us, and as well as for them. Uh, but the key for us to win is definitely rebounding. Taking care of the basketball, which you've done a good job the first three games, limiting our around 10 turnovers, uh, and that's where we kind of want to keep it. The Sports Yak Podcast is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. Also by... 
Pyramid Equipment. Be prepared this winter season by checking the condition of your snow removal equipment. Pyramid Equipment is a locally owned business in Rolling Prairie, Indiana that sells, services, and installs residential and commercial grade snow plows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid Equipment is your trusted dealer of Meyer and Snow Dog products. Old man winter's ready. Are you? Service discount for military, fire, and police available. Call 800-833-2591 or find them on the web at PyramidEquipmentInc.com. Follow Chuck on Twitter at 46sports. Follow Corey on Twitter at MyNameIsCorey. Follow the Sports Yak on social media. Sports Yak with two Ks on Twitter and Instagram. Other high school basketball games in the area. I'm glad you asked, Corey. We have, I was about to. Were you? Yes. Okay. We have Jimtown at New Prairie. Interesting matchup there. Jimmy's 2-0 and after a buzzer-beating win over South Bend, Washington on Tuesday night. Got to go across the time zone, though. Go go across the Rubicon and face uh, this New Prairie team that comes in 2-2. Two and two. Elkhart Memorial's undefeated. But they have to face a 2-2 two and two squad in Laporte. And again, go across the time zone to do that. This will be the best team Memorial has played so far this year. We'll see how they handle that. Rochester. 4-0 for the first time in 30 years. They go to North Johnson tonight, take on Cooper Hochstetler, who's scoring over 30 points a game. That should be fun down there in Stark County. Best game of the night in Stark County, though, is the girls' game. Knox against Oregon Davis. Knox is undefeated. Terry Minnick's Oregon Davis team, second-best scoring team in girls' basketball in the state of Indiana. Woo, that's going to be a head knocker down at the Bobcat Den tonight. Should we shift to Notre Dame hockey? Notre Dame hockey has had some problems, haven't they? They've lost five straight, but tonight would be a great time to rectify it because they are in second place in the Big Ten, and who's come to the Compton Family Ice Arena for games Friday and Saturday night? The Big Ten leading Penn State Nittany Lions. So here's a chance if Jeff Jackson's team can figure it out, they can get the lead in the Big Ten. (laughs) What was that just now? Figure it out! Sounds like something you say to the kids. Well, that's been said a time or two. It was also said at the Compton on Sunday afternoon when Notre Dame was getting housed by Boston College by a count of 6-1. to one. Did I see that you uh, partook in the women's game this week? Yeah, I went, uh, sat there with my mom, and uh, she had an extra ticket, so I went and kept her company, and we watched together. It was nice to, to see the Fighting Irish in action. What do you guys talk about? Um, primarily, well, we kind of get caught up on each other's week and then we kind of talk about the game more than anything else. And she likes the game. She likes watching the game. Yeah. Okay. She, I mean, I guess, uh, living with me all those years, uh, then you're going to be a sports fan because that's what we're watching. <laughs> We've run through the playlist. You haven't talked a whole lot today. What's going on? I'm just listening. I'm taking it all in. I'm your number one fan. What's going on pop culture wise? Well, Fridays have become, in my opinion, the... Remember when we were... Well, you probably didn't do this when you were younger. You stay home and you watch TV. You watch Dukes of Hazard, Oh. And then Dallas. Okay. And then Saturday night you watch whatever. All these streaming channels are cranking out some decent programming, and they release new shows on Friday. Well, it's, I know it's Mandalorian Day. It's Mandalorian. Uh, so that's on Disney+. Plus. On Apple TV... I started a new show last week that launched, so I get a new episode today of Truth Be Told about a a true crime podcaster who helped put a young man away for a murder 
that she now believes 10 years later he did not commit. So she's putting her popularity and podcast behind getting him out. So it's the gal uh, from The Help, the heavyset gal who made the poopy pie. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the guy who played Jesse on Breaking Bad. Okay. And a handful of other people that you'd recognize. Fictional stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's pretty good. And then the morning show, we liked that one with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell and Reese Witherspoon. And it's wild watching Steve Carell play such a dirty, you know, just snake. And I'm ODing on The Office right now, season five, episode 22. Okay. And uh, watching that dynamic from 15 years ago compared to now. He's interesting. He's, he's a versatile performer. He's hit and miss, man. Sometimes the movies land. Sometimes. Oh, what was the one that he did last summer where he he was kind of mentally disturbed and saw himself as this war hero? Oh, yeah. And it's the guy that made Forrest Gump, but nobody saw it. He kind of turns into a doll or action yeah. figures. Yeah, it was just, it was weird. Yeah. Did you, did you see yeah, it? Yeah, we saw oh, it. Oh, you did see it. Yeah. You didn't say a word about it. Well, that's why. Because. Don't recommend? No. Oh, okay, good. No. Yeah, what was the name of that? It's like some. It's like the guy's name. Yeah. By the way, yeah. uh, speaking of movies like that, uh, yesterday I noticed on my Twitter that this showed up, that it was like the 33rd anniversary of the release date of Three Amigos. <laughs> I and, saw that. And there were some people a former Bethel basketball coach among them who wanted to get on me about my opinion on Three Amigos. Mm-hmm. And let me share this with you because I am I said about Three Amigos on Twitter yesterday, most disappointing movie ever. And I would just like to say that if you disagree with me, you are certainly entitled to your opinion. But you're dead wrong! Email the Sports Yak with comments or questions at the Sports Yak with two Ks at gmail.com. Yeah, I saw like a rebuttal tweet with like quotes, and I thought, wow, who quotes that movie? Exactly. Oh, why would you quote that movie? And I, I read And them. then he wonders why he's not invited back on this show. <laughs> I read those quotes. I'm like, those aren't funny. Oh, no, they're, no, they're not funny. Yeah. You want funny one liners? Turn to Nacho Libre. I tell but you not- what. That's funny you bring up the 33rd anniversary. I think a lot of these actors and movie companies are financially benefiting from celebrating those films, re-releasing them. Because there's a generation that is not even familiar with Yeah. Them. The 35th anniversary of Pee-wee's Big Adventure is this next year. Oh, I'm in attendance, my friend. Okay. Uh, I'll give you that one. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Now, I know. I know. That a week from Friday, when I come in here, you will be just a quivering mess. I will. You'll be a quivering mess because <laughs> the rise <laughs> of Skywalker. That's right. Thursday night, 6.30p. Debbie has opted out. She's always complained that we don't invite her to our little man party. And I bought three tickets. And she said, uh, she pulled me aside the other day and she said, our son's friend Owen would like to go, and oh. his parents aren't big on you know opening night like you right. guys are. Yeah. yeah, I said, "Are you sure?" Because I don't want to hear about this as you know part of the arsenal when I do stuff wrong. And you didn't take me oh, with well, you guys. I mean, that's a daily thing. 
Well, that's where you're right. <laughs> so, yeah. Am I excited about it? Yes. Man, I just love that Adam Driver is from Mishawaka. Mm-hmm. I love that this guy's got a Golden Globe nomination up his sleeve with this Marriage Story movie. And uh, I love me some Star Wars. So, there you have it. There. There you have it. So, next week. Next Friday, yeah, we'll talk high school basketball because we have games. We'll probably talk about whatever sports happen between now and then. But I'm just warning you, the podcast audience, <laughs> prepare yourself for a 20-minute dissertation uh, on the movie Rise of the Skywalker mm-hmm. because I I sense it coming. And uh, this is an inside joke between Corey and I that I'm about to share with you right now. <laughs> But I will probably be reacting the same to that 20-minute dissertation as I do to a phone call from Concert Dave. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, you're expecting me to say the ending will really make you think. Well, that's true, too. (laughs) Oh, I feel this is a great Friday podcast to go into the weekend. You got any weekend plans? Yeah, I'm... uh, Emceeing an event called Holiday Happenings over at the Holiday Inn in Mishawaka on Saturday night, along with Robert Montgomery Nagel. You throwing down the mad beats, DJ Charles Xavier Einstein freebie? No, we're uh, leading the oral auction. Oh, okay. and I'm the MC. Let's hear some of your auction skills. See, I don't do it like the auction when you go to the estate auction. Hey, hook him into an. I'm more of the arm twisting. Oh, so this person over here is bidding higher because they must like the women and children more than you do. <laughs> With all the auctions that you do, you ever thought about actually learning how to do that? No. I think you'd be good at it. You know why I'm not learning how to do that? Ain't nobody got time for that. Thank you. <laughs> that wraps up episode 173, the Mark Grace episode. Which showed a lot of marks, but not much grace. Hey, oh, until next he, time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Mark Grace. You've been listening to Sports Yak with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann as himself. Produced by Corey Mann. Production elements and voiceovers by AudibleGenesis.com. Engineered by Phil Susan. Executive producer is Danae Hughes in partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Interested in your own podcast? Contact Danae at Danae at StudioDNA.media. Sports Yak archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. Everybody get out of here. There's a lobster loose. Oh, holy cow, he's loose.